0: I want you to imagine that you are being given a moment when you could, uh, you could wave kind of like a, a wand and affect the country. What changes do you think need to happen in order to transform the nation and save it from the precipice of a crisis? We're going to be naming names, talking about movements, talking about things, and not, not in an irresponsible way, but we're talking today about a false gospel that is becoming more clear all the time because it's suppressing, challenging, and uh, and basically fighting an awakening coming through reformers that are really there at this hour in history to make a difference in America. This is the pivotal moment, and the wrecking ball is now hitting the church mountain, and a reformation has begun. Along those lines, I want you to think about this. I have a I have a a series that I did. Actually, it's a a specific message, and it's called End Times Jesus. I'm convinced that, uh, like with the Super Bowl commercial, when you look at this Jesus that is, you know, never says anything offensive, but just refreshes you and washes your feet, that is not the Jesus that's showing up in the end times. He's coming back as the ruler of nations, and oddly enough, we'll all be before the judgment seat of Christ one way or the other, and he's making determinations at that seat and he's not going to be washing everybody's feet. So you want to know about end times Jesus and get familiar with the lion. He came the first time as a lamb and threw him off. They were looking for a lion. He's coming back as a lion. Don't be looking for a lamb. End times Jesus, what you want to do is go to lancewallnau.com forward slash end times Jesus. lancewallnau.com forward slash end times Jesus. That's W-A-L-L-N-A-U. For those of you that are listening on the podcast. Now, let's get into today's interview with Mario Murillo, Todd Coconato, and me on current events.
1: All right. I want to I ask Lance a question. Uh, I want to go back to Kim Clement for a moment, and I'm going to do this contextually. Uh, you uh, worked with Kim very closely. You, you preached in a large number of his events, and he was very prophetic. And it's amazing the things that have happened that he said were going to happen. Since that time, God revealed to you something about influencing culture. And I think what happened to the body of Christ is that we believe we were supposed to lose things are going to get worse and worse and worse. And the, the Greeks had a theatrical term, ex machina. And at the last moment, God would rapture us out. But you felt completely different. You felt your spirit went in another direction. You began to teach about influence influencing culture. So one of the things I believe is that the devil has lied to the church, not only about that DSX machina thing, but also about the limits of our power to push back the darkness that, that we are capable of seeing more than we think in the age that we're living in. So to do that, the devil has sent this doctrine into the church, be quiet, be nice, be sweet, which is denial. Because you want to say aren't you living in the same world i am don't you know that we're only like moments away from losing our freedom and losing our country so you've been very outspoken and i think that that my question to you is this if you had the voice of all the leaders and the pastors of the united states listening to you right now what do you think are are the important things we need to know about this moment in church history what is it that we need to know
0: we better redefine the great commission that we're accountable for because we're not only responsible for getting souls saved we're responsible for making disciples of nations and when you only do half that commission you leave a vacuum that marxism will fill some ideology will fill that will kill your ability to do the first assignment because they'll shut down your church and drive you underground. And this, by the way, is so crystal clear to me. 1983, there was a leadership journal magazine. I have, I still have a copy of it when I was pastoring back in the day. And it was, uh, Davison Hunter's book on culture wars came out. Clinton, I believe, was president. And Jack Hayford, who was a friend of yours, was uh, having a debate with Dr. D. James Kennedy about how should the church engage culture. And it was Jack Hayford's uh, take, uh, and Rick Warren coming alongside of him, that, hey man, what we really don't wanna be branded as is against people, we wanna be branded as for Jesus. And therefore, when they come into our churches, we will preach the gospel, they'll get saved, and this will change America. And uh, D. James Kennedy's response to that was, um, I really believe it's important that we know that the gospel is two tracks, that we not only must preach the gospel when they come to church, but we must take a strong stand as salt and light in the public square. Because if we do not show up as a restraining force against the gates of hell, the church is the only power that is authorized to prevail against the gates of hell and if we only make our stand behind our walls we shouldn't be surprised when all of culture collapses to the gates of hell we need to go where the gates are located the gates are in government Uh, a christian is called to be in, in politics are they out of the will of god What's the answer these preachers have for staying out of politics that you can thank God right now that you've got a speaker of the house that is a Christian because he's the only thing that's stopping $90 billion of more debt going into a war we're losing in Ukraine. So the Christians, what are we supposed to do? Back up from films and Hollywood so that, so that darkness completely takes over? Look at these quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. At least you've got these guys thanking the Lord Jesus Christ. It's as though right. Jesus is still there in spite of weak leadership, but he's there in the people. I think it's the hour when a reformation is about to hit the church. Donald Trump was a wrecking ball to the spirit of political correctness on the government mountain i do believe what's happening in this next cycle this year is that the spirit of god is forming a wrecking ball to the religious compromise in the church mountain
1: what i want to do is tell our audience this one of the ways that you can really really benefit from this is to go back and watch this program again because we're going to keep it running for the next several days What Lance just said capsulizes what I believe is the urgent message of the hour. But here is a tactic that we want to expose. You see, I was attacked today by the organizers of this pastor's event that I called them on the carpet for their speaker telling the pastors to stay out of politics. Now they're saying he didn't say those things, but we're gonna wait and we're gonna see the recording and then you'll see that I'm gonna stand by my story. The fact of the matter is that one of the greatest tools of the devil in this hour is to tell us that you cannot comment on this. This is what the left has done. Don't comment on abortion. It's political. Don't comment on gay marriage. It's political. Don't comment on gender, transgender. That is political. You can't. That's not you. You don't get in. How tragic is it? when pastors get in that swamp and agree with it so once again josh mcpherson in the video we're about to run right now directly speaks to how the left fooled pastors into the idea that they couldn't comment on these things so let's roll that right now
2: so so the move of of the progressive left is to take moral issues and frame them as political so let me say this abortion is not political it's moral. So-called gay marriage and the redefinition of marriage is not political, it's moral. This whole transgender, LBTGV2, alphabet soup <laughs> garbage where we're, where we're mutilating children as a step towards mental health is immoral. You go down the line, right? And so it's, it's like they're in our lane now because mm-hmm. God's word has things to say to that and if in framing it as a political issue we say well i can't be political i just we got, we got a man of god we're voluntarily laying down our sword and we're voluntarily shutting our voice when god says speak so rather than being prophets of god in a day of darkness and chaos we've we've become those who are with their silence giving permission and i would say even participating in the lie you know alexander solzhenitsyn when he was being exiled from russia right live not Uh, What does he say? Live not by lies. Live not by lies. He writes his last essay and he Mm -hmm. says, you may feel downtrodden and beaten. You may feel oppressed, outnumbered, outmanned, overwhelmed, but you are not victims. You may not have guns and tanks and ammunition, but you have your voice.
1: Everyone watching us has a voice and Lance, I'm going to tell you something he said in there about prophets are supposed to be a voice in a time of darkness and chaos i've often thought of my my mentor david wilkerson would he be commenting on politics and i asked jesus why did you take david so so soon he should have been here for this and then i read isaiah 57 where it said no one considers that the righteous are taken out to spare them from the evil that's coming on the earth well, I believe that if David Wilkerson were alive right now, there would be a remarkable refocusing of his message toward political evil because the times have changed. And so what Josh said about being prophets in a time of darkness and chaos reminds me of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse six, where The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, Samuel told Saul, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be that when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. The occasion demands a new message. And the enemies that would keep the body of Christ silent are claiming that we're doing something that's heretical. When in fact, this has been the norm throughout the ages for voices to stand up in the face of corruption and speak out against it. So in this hour, what should we be saying, Lance? What should we say? We're prophets in this hour. Instead of laying down our sword and being the voice of God, What do you think we, and and how, how bold should we get right now?
0: Well, the, you know, my son gave me a verse here and I keep coming back to it while you're talking from Matthew. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword for I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The man's enemies will be those of his own house. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who doesn't pick up his cross and fall after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake shall find it. When I read that, what I'm thinking is Jesus knew that his message was going to be divisive. In the book of Acts, when the apostles succeeded in Acts 14, almost the entire city came out to hear barnabas and paul and they were divided half of them held with the jews and half with the apostles and i looked at that and i said lord this is a case where division was actually clarifying because it showed who was actually on the lord's side and i think in america right now We need to we need an updated revelation of who Jesus is, because the Jesus that is being presented in these commercials, the Jesus that this brother we're talking about is uh, representing to pastors saying, stay out of politics because it's strident. And besides that, we're not looking. I got I got the quote right here. Because you need to be, he made it clear that if you bring up anything political, you're trusting in politicians rather than Jesus. This artificial separation that says that that if you're actually engaged in the political uh, drama of who represents your government, that you're not looking to Jesus. It's not. It's an unrealistic and an illogical either-or choice when you're dealing with Lincoln running in 1863, the union will break up or it will stay together. Slavery will continue or stop, depending on whether you could discern the moment and stand with the right choice. That's where we're at right now. We're at that. We talk about civil war, civil war. I don't believe America is going to have a civil war because we'll be so weak. We will be taken over by other powerful disciplined nations. So we're not going to stand alone and sort it out. We're in danger of no longer having a sovereign power over our own country. This is 1863. This is a moment when you have to decide, am I going to, uh, as a leader, I have a responsibility to educate my people on what's happening. I can't say like the border state preachers in Kentucky and uh, Maryland, stay out of politics, just preach the kingdom. Oh, well, they they said that because there were border states. Any pastor that is not willing to educate his people on gender, on sexuality, on marriage, on life, on debt, and on freedom. If they don't teach their people how to stand, then they're failing their fundamental responsibility as a shepherd in the first place. They're loving their life rather than loving the Lord. And they're they're putting their own piece of security ahead of the prosperity of their own people.
1: Now, if if you take that and you listen to that audience, listen to that, take that in right now, absorb it in your spirit. The devil wants you to believe that you're a radical. You're not, you're normal. You see, we've been subnormal so long that normal looks abnormal. This is normal Christianity. This has been what it was always about. The new thing weakened us. The new ideas drained us and left our nation vulnerable. We're returning to what works because it is the word of God. So Todd, here we go. There was a commercial during the Super Bowl (laughs) that uh, was, it was called, He Gets Us. I don't know if we have it. I know we have another one. We have the one they should have run. And, And a lot of people are gonna say, well, you guys shouldn't be criticizing that. At least they were trying. No, you don't understand. Once again, the misnomer here is that the general public wants a diluted gospel. It wants a non-threatening gospel that the general public is looking for something that doesn't intimidate them. Those are all things that happen in a seminar room at a seminary somewhere where the oxygen goes out of the room and so does common sense. That is not what people want. And so when you dilute the gospel so deliberately, nobody gets helped. You spent your money for no reason. So walk us through what your feeling is about the, he gets us commercial that ran during the super bowl. What's your opinion of that Todd?
3: Yeah, well, I got several opinions of it. First of all, you know that there was a lot of money that was spent on this. And what I want to say is the Bible says you know them by their fruit. So what is the fruit of this ad? The millions of dollars, some big donors in the Christian world. I would love to see statistically, I know we probably don't have those numbers, but how many folks actually got saved? How many folks actually, and what Jesus are you leading them to? Are you leading them to the Jesus of the Bible? Are you leading them to woke Jesus? The problem is that ad, as it, as it you know, depicted several different types of woke ideologies, whether it's in front of the abortion clinic or you know somebody that was very feminine man that was on there, looks almost transgender, you know, all these different messages. The message was, in my opinion, Mario, was that the people that put on the commercial wanted Christianity to be liked. They wanted these people to go away saying, well, Christians, they're nice people. They like us and their God likes us. That This is not the uh, big public opinion poll. You know, we're not we're not taking an opinion poll. What this is, is that they need to be pulled out of darkness and brought into the light and life of Jesus Christ. They need to be saved, set free, healed, delivered. That's the message, you know, if it was true. So the problem is the fruit of this commercial I- at the very best is, well, Christians are nice. They they like us and, and therefore we can like them. We're not trying to be like, this isn't, we, we don't want to, it's not about that. See, that's where the message is so off. It's not leading them to any help it's not leading them to well you know here's how you get set free here's how you get delivered here's how your life will change forever here's how you'll get a peace that passes understanding here's how you'll get the joy unspeakable here's how you live a life everlasting you know and, and and rule and reign with the king of kings and lord of lords this this commercial is setting folks up to continue to do whatever it is that they're doing and basically all it's it's trying to do in my opinion is, is say you know we're not we're not mean christians aren't mean because we 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 like you you know it, it's 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 pretty scary yet this is what they're doing in the schools this is what they're doing in a lot of christian universities right now and it's a powerless message and and in order for things to change in order for us to look at the the movie gosnell you know uh what i liked about that is that they told the story about abortion and what it did was it, it brought eyes to that subject, which you know people didn't look at before. Uh, Lance mentioned mutilation and things like that that are happening with these transgender surgeries. No one's shining the light on that. We as the church are the head, not the tail. We've got to be shining the light on the darkness and let people know the actual evil that's happening. And yes, it has a cost. People aren't going to like you. Paul says to live as Christ, to die is gain. This is not about being liked. And so I think there's this, this yearning from this, this woke group where they want, to, they want to be relevant. But the real gospel message is always relevant. It's always timely. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it will set you up for success. And that is what we need to get back to.
0: It, now you have a video. Go, go ahead, Lance, it's a, go ahead. It, it's, a, it's a false gospel. So if you watch the commercial, you'll see exactly what Todd describes. And it's subliminal. That's what's so powerful. You have someone in front of a bus who looks like an Im- illegal immigrant. You have someone in front of planned parenthood and in each case you see a person washing their feet ministering to them all right so you're looking at that and you look at all these unusual scenarios where conduct that is itself perhaps sinful in, in, in most of those pictures is being ministered to and refreshed and then at the end you have these words the the words describe the message jesus didn't preach hate he washed feet And that's the error because let me translate it in terms of what they're trying to say. Jesus didn't offend people. He refreshed them, which is basically what a mega church pastor will do kicks a football. He doesn't say anything that is going to offend the audience because he's trying to sell them on being part of his movement. But Jesus in reality did say things that offended people, but he never was motivated by hate. This is a political ad. It is in its ultimate purpose trying to define mega-Christians or those that believe in borders, those that believe in in, in, in strong police and, uh, and not having criminals running wild. Anything that looks like it's not refreshing and merciful and serving is in Jesus. That's hate. And we aren't like that. So it, it's an attack on a political group. Trust me. It's an election year. The people, the Russell Moores, and the David Frenches and the Beth Moores and the, um, and the David Brooks of this world are behind that kind of ad. And that's why they got $14 million from a big Christian family to fund it. Not them particularly, but their influence.
1: But but look at two, uh, Lance, this part. And uh, let's leave all three of us on the screen here because I'm only going to talk a second here. One is in front of an abortion clinic. Another is the illegal alien. Another is a urban uh, person, et cetera. Okay, here's the subliminal message. We don't need to talk about abortion. We need to wash feet. We don't need to talk about the open border. We need to wash feet. We don't need to talk about crime and black on black violence. Uh, We need to talk about washing feet. And, and so it plays into the enemy. The enemy said, hey, they're not gonna talk about it. The, the, the thread through this whole show is that we are watching what Satan is saying we should not be talking about. And so uh, we wanted to run this final video, which is somebody's idea of what the right commercial would have looked like. So we could, let's run that. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Well, I do have some good news. Go ahead, Lance. I'll I'll save my news.
0: I'm always wondering when people are listening to a podcast, they can't see what it was. Sometimes I I have to remember to translate what's going on. But the the final line is is important because this was put together by the media department in a local church. Once they saw the woke ad, they said, and it's amazing. I mean, they did it on a church budget and it was better than the $14 right. million dollar project. But the last words are, uh, Jesus doesn't just get us, he saves us and transforms us. I mean, that's the point. Yep.
1: That is that is the entire point. And so now, here's the good news. Uh, Lance and I are gonna partner on a tour. It's gonna be called the Courage
0: Tour. And we're gonna talk about and that it's, for it's a very few minutes. Prophetic. It's very prophetic, brother, that we picked that term considering the conversation we're having now, because we we just sensed the fire and glory was to demonstrate what God could do. But right now we've got to go where the battle is hot because courage is contagious.
1: So we have gotten one of the prime locations you could ever ask for right off the highway 101 in Scottsdale, Arizona, the Salt River Fields. And we are going to put up our crusade tent there and it's gonna go up on April the 21st through the 24th. And like we did in Colorado Springs, we had an event during the day, we had a crusade at night. We're putting this together right now, Lance and I, and you need to stay tuned to what we're going to uh, start to do. And we're gonna ask you to register. We're gonna show you more about it. There's a lot going on. This weekend, over 200 pastors are meeting with me at the Westin in Tempe. And uh, they're gonna meet me there. It's a free brunch. Go to mariobarillo.org. This is your last chance to get in on this, by the way. And you go to MarioBarrillo.org, and you'll see that on Saturday, the 24th of February at 11 a.m., at the Westin and Tempe, we're gonna do this event. That leads up to the next thing. We're gonna ask for volunteers to join us on the streets of Phoenix, Arizona, which is now a state that not only needs revival, but it is a state that needs a political revolution. We're gonna have great speakers, people that Lance and I have been really working, he's really the thrust behind the Courage Tour. And so talk to us a little bit more about that, Lance.
0: Well, we've decided, you know, we discovered, Mario, that as we look strategically over the United States, I mean, you have invitations to go all over. And I, I kind of threw myself down in front of your, your uh, mm-hmm. car before you took off scheduling things and said, my research now is showing me that there are seven key states that are gonna determine the future of America mm-hmm. and 19 mm-hmm. counties. And I got challenged by a business guy And he said, why isn't anyone going to those 19 counties where the battle will be determined? Uh, The spiritual territory in those seven states. And I said, well, for one thing, it's hard territory. I mean, if you wanna have a great meeting, you wanna go where it's a lot of population. And in some of these places, it's strategic population. It means that there's there's a number of Christians that are under an influence of a spirit that keeps them from showing up or voting or being engaged we want to go out there and awaken a community and mobilize everyone to be able to vote biblical values. So we've got seven states, nineteen counties, and uh, it's the it's the courage tour because we're not going to, you know, you'll see a lot of the conferences that'll happen, and they and you, Mara, you won't do this as an advantage. You'll go where the we'll go where the, the harvest is, but a lot of people will pick. Uh, Tampa or Tulsa or you know they'll go where it's a guaranteed Christian community we're going where the Christians are underrepresented but the gospel needs to go and so this tour is going to be and already the left is is freaking out over it. Charlie Kirk uh, wants to be part of it and uh and and uh, dare I say that there are other people I won't mention right now that said nobody else is doing this so you mind if we join you it's like God's putting right. the moment in our hands, and we're not political. We are kingdom ambassadors. It just so happens that the kingdoms of this world belong to Jesus, so we mess with everything.
1: You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God is with him. And for 1 John 3, 8 says, for this purpose the Son of God came, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Politics is now a work of the devil, and we are commissioned. When it was drugs, I preached against drugs. No one ever accused me of being a pharmacist when I did that. Now they're accusing us of being pol- politicians because we're meant. To, well, we're not going to accept that label. We are not politicians. We're not in this. What I was amazed at when we were in Colorado and in Ocala, Florida, was the content of the morning meetings were so powerful. And then God's spirit fell on the audience. Where are you gonna get that combination? The combination of being informed and trained and equipped to handle the evil of the politics of your day and action to, to activate you to take our country back. And at the same time, the baptism of the Holy Spirit hit hundreds of people. And then at night, you're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders in the power of God. It's a total event. This is a total weapon in the hand of God. And I can't wait. Go ahead, Lance.
0: I'm I'm laughing because one young guy grabbed me before we left uh, Ocala. He said, I just got to say something. And he said, and a lot of people uh, feel the same way. I didn't come here for the, for the, um, for the uh, political uh, revelation and the Reformation teaching. I came here for the, the miracles and for the evangelism. He said, but man, am I glad I got that he said, because the people I was with didn't come for the gospel or evangelism. They came here, they want to take America back, and then they got filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, it's <laughs> it's crazy that, you know, you got two tracks here, and somehow the train runs stronger when you've got two rails. Because this is revival and reformation.
1: Right. So if you want to know more, we're going to, Lance and I are going to be doing a lot of things together. And also Todd is going to be at this event as well. He's a big, big part of what we're doing in our Crusades and in the Courage Tour. So we're, we're very excited about it. And we want to thank you all. We have actually come to the end of our time. And I'm, right. I'm really thrilled with this program. Did you feel this one was great, Todd.
3: Yes, the anointing is here. The transformative power of Jesus Christ, we are meant to occupy until he comes. That's all areas of society. Don't let them tell you otherwise. The church, listen, culture is downstream of the church. So we're meant to be the head and not the tail. we got to stand, especially in this important time.
0: And Lance, you have any final word? Uh, This was a great broadcast. I think this is the kind of thing where you want to pass this on. Share this with your friends. Seriously, share it. There, I, we very seldom do a, an hour or something where there isn't some fat you can trim in editing. And this is right. all lean, total, you know, 100% grade beef. You want to, This is meat for men this and for women of God. So share this message. Well, I can't believe we've run out of time here, but this has been a very powerful experience. I hope that you got something out of it. Remember, end times Jesus. Go to lancewalnut.com forward slash end times Jesus because what we're talking about on this show is the gospel and the, the Jesus that's coming back from heaven. It's a lot different than the woke variation that's being preached in America right now. You want to make sure that you can discern the truth and the false. Go to lancewalnut.com forward slash end times Jesus. And we'll be back again with you tomorrow. God bless. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends, because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.